Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss. And you're listening to Breaking the Curtain, the podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Curtain. We are so excited to be back with y'all for season four and to be back with a very exciting interview. Yes. As you all know, we went to the Museum of Broadway uh, in December when we were in New York, Mm. and it was the highlight of our trip. It was such a wonderful, immersive, innovative, beautiful experience. We've not shut up about it since we went. Um, (laughs) And today we are actually joined by Julie Boardman, who is one of the co-founders of the Museum of Broadway. And she is here to talk a little bit about her job, about the museum itself, and why y'all should go ASAP. Yes, honestly, highlight of our trip, but like highlight of my entire life as well. (laughs) No, but I say that unironically. Like, it really, really was one of the highlights of my life. I loved getting to see all of these costumes and props and Mm. set pieces. And one big thing for me is I always wanted to sign the rent wall. And they had a little art installation thing where you can sign the rent wall. And it was the same awful gorgeous green that they had on the Nederlander theater back in the day and I was like this is too much for me to handle right now I am so happy yeah you know I am a museum girly at heart like to me an ideal day is me in a museum alone give me a map in three hours and I will have the best time nobody talk to me nobody look at me I'm just here (laughs) to read every single plaque so we have to go back because I definitely want to go over everything with a magnifying glass because the attention to detail is insane. And I think on your first visit, it's easy to like miss a few things because you're so like excited to be there. (laughs) It's kind of like going to Disney World, right? Where you're like, I have to do this, this and this. I want to see this, this and this. And then along the way, you're like, no, I need to enjoy that more. I need to go back and see that again. (laughs) That's what it felt like to me, at least, where it's like there's so much right in front of you and you're enjoying it all, but you have to go a second time to really take it all in, read everything, check out every single costume piece. There's so much in there. And yeah, I know we're both looking forward to going back very soon. Yeah. If you have been to the Museum of Broadway, leave us a comment or a message sharing your favorite parts about the experience. And uh, if you haven't gone yet, you should. We What are you waiting for? What are you for, waiting friends? for? Uh, we <laughs> definitely recommend it. We're going to shut up about it and we're going to let Julie Boardman, co-founder of the Museum of Broadway, tell you all about it. Uh, So welcome, Julie, to Breaking the Curtain. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, My name is Julie Boardman, and I'm the co-founder of the Museum of Broadway. Um, And um, I guess what that means is, you know, uh, so my partner, Diane Nicoletti, and I, um, you know, I guess I came up with the idea. We talked about it. We brainstormed what it could be. Um, kind of what story we were going to tell, um, because there's so much history and we just had to figure out like how to tell it. So the guest experience was, you know, 
hopefully as great as, as we could figure it out to be. Um, and so, yeah, we just started like whiteboarding and brainstorming, um, to kind of figure it out. And then when we had the basic idea, we took it around to, um, kind of like the heads of state, if you will, in the Broadway communities. So the theater owners, the licensing companies, um, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, the Broadway League, Playbill, the American Theater Wing, um, a whole bunch of people. Um, just to kind of say, hey, this is what we want to do, you know, make sure there weren't any major obstacles um, and then kind of go from there. And, you know, we had heard about a bunch of um, past, um, you know, projects that didn't get off the ground that were a Broadway museum. So um, there was a lot of learnings too from just a lot of conversations um, and uh, kind of of what ended up maybe holding those ones up possibly. And um, so we could hopefully avoid that and actually be able to open our doors one day, which we, we were able to do um, almost two months ago um, on November 15th. So, so yeah. Wonderful. And what an exciting two months it's been, I think, for all of you at the museum. I feel like every time I'm on social media, I'm scrolling, I'm seeing something about how great of an experience this is. Mm -hmm. So all of your hard work has certainly paid off. It is such a wonderful, wonderful experience in going and uh, being totally immersed in like the history of Broadway. It's Epic. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was part of um, you know, as we were brainstorming kind of how to do this. Um, you know, it's it's basically a combination of our backgrounds and both sides of my background, which you don't know about, but um kind of bringing that to life, I guess. So um Diane and I actually we went to college together, went to the University of Southern California, and um we met in our sorority and then we became friends and years later, like um, you know, we ended up working together. She started an experiential marketing agency and I had started an event staffing agency, kind of giving a lot of, um, you know, freelance jobs, if you will, to different, um, actors between jobs when they were auditioning. Um, cause I was doing that at one point and I was a, a performer. And, um, so, um, anyway, so I had this business and we worked together a lot doing, you know, she would kind of come up with the idea and have the client and, um, for like Game of Thrones, for instance, like, and um, when I'm making it up now, but like season five went to DVD, then there would be, um, you know, this fan activation in different markets across the country. And then she would hire me to staff it and onsite manage. So we like worked together so many times and we're great friends. So she was kind of the, a natural person as we were like brainstorming what this <laughs> could really be. Um, and a lot of it is this like immersive, as you said, nature and making it interactive and just trying to make it what, like kind of how people like to consume content now, mm -hmm. um, you know, a traditional museum is amazing and I love them so much. And to go look at these incredible pieces of art and things on the wall, um, what we've done is have the things that you expect to be in the Broadway museum. So costumes and props and set models and renderings and lyric sketches and photos and playbills and all sorts of things. Um, but combining it and really making it this immersive experience. So, you know, as, as you guys did, like when you're walking through the timeline, when you get to Oklahoma, instead of just seeing some stuff on the wall, you're walking through this immersive cornfield um, and you're hearing, oh, what a beautiful morning. And there's this beautiful impressionistic sunrise by an artist on the wall and you know the artifacts are there too but um it's a lot of visual storytelling mm -hmm. yeah for sure 
So anyways, we've had a ton of fun, um, you know, putting it together. And, um, you know, I, I guess another like fun part too, that isn't talked about too much is just that we have now, I don't know, 75 or so people who work in the museum who are all aspiring actors and writers and people who want to work in the Broadway community and their job is working at, at the Museum of Broadway. And so we have like all these jobs that we've created too, which is really cool. It's yeah. amazing. I was just saying to Chrissy before we got started, you know, we're in Canada. So if the commute was shorter, I would totally be knocking on your door like, please <laughs> let me in. Your staff are amazing yes. like every room they're so friendly they always have like a fun fact kind of like to tell you about it they're like oh here let me take your photo or hey if you stand here you'll get a better angle like so so wonderful and I love the fact that they all um are aspiring to be in the industry as well so what a wonderful way to incorporate their love of art into like their you know their day job yeah, yeah it's a fun day job then Right. Right. <laughs> there have been a couple of like Museum of Broadway projects that have kind of, you know, started or not necessarily made its way to getting off the ground completely. I know Christy and I were talking and she mentioned there was a little exhibit underneath the Palace Theater at one point. So we were wondering where did the inspiration for the Museum of Broadway come from and how long did it take to turn that initial concept idea into a reality? Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, it was just a conversation I was having um, with one of my investors. I've um, I've been a co-producer on I don't know. Someone said nine Broadway shows. I don't know if that's the right number, but and I have um, two coming up that I'm part of as well. And so, anyways, I was just in a conversation with one of my you know investor friends, um, and um, he was like, "Why is there a Broadway museum?" And I was like. I don't know. Good question. <laughs> um, you know, it stuck with me and, and, um, and eventually this conversation with Diane, um, came about anything from that conversation forward. It took a, about five years, I guess a little more than five years. Um, just to make sure, as I said before, that everyone is okay with something like this existing, um, that, you know, it's like a lot of buy-in from the community, I guess. Um, mm. and I feel like, I've said like over time, it's like very much like by the community, for the community, for people who love Broadway. Um, but yeah, it's a there is a lot of community at the heart of it, um, making it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so so wonderful. You know, yeah. it, it really is like you can feel the love in the room, <laughs> which yeah, sounds so yeah. cheesy, but you can, you can, you know, it was curated with so much love. Yeah, the the people who are on our team and people who we've, you know, items on, on loan from or whatnot, like they're friends and friends of friends. And, you know, that's kind of how the community is anyways. Um, but yeah, when we were going for like, who's going to help us like find, you know, some of these amazing like costumes and props and things. Right. Um, one of my dear friends, um, is Lisa Zinni, who is one of our two, um, costume curators. Um, and through her, I had met Michael McDonald and years ago before there was ever this idea. Um, and, and they're both costume designers in their own right on Broadway. Um, so, um, the, um, sorry. Um, so Michael, um, was Tony nominated for the hair revival. He was the costume designer of hair, um, and, um, of the revival and, um, Lisa, she, she started as an assistant on Rent and then wow. worked her way up. And when we 
well, we became friends and then we're working on um, an American in Paris together. She's the associate um, costume designer on that. And anyway, she's just paid her dues and worked really hard over the years. And now she's the co-costume designer on Sing Street. And um, she's still an associate on Six, but you know the designer is in London. So she's like super hands-on with that. Um, and um, and she made her debut on um, Freestyle Love Supreme. So anyways, um, long, long resume story from her. Michael used to work at the public. And anyway, we're just like all talking and they were like, oh, I think I know where that is. Or I know, or, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of how some of that came about. And then Faye, who's the prop supervisor in the making of a Broadway show. Um, she's a prop supervisor in real life on Broadway. And <laughs> we met on Head Over Heels and she she did the props for that show. And I was one of the producers. And so um, anyways, it's just a lot in the family. And so it's nice to hear that that is what comes through on the other side, I guess, from the guest experience too. It truly does. If you were to look at this uh, process, looking back on the idea, how would you kind of break it down if you were going to tell someone like step-by-step step, what you had to go through to get this from an idea to its reality of opening its doors two months ago? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think a lot of patience um, and determination, I guess, um, people not everyone, you know, thought we could do it, I guess. So there was a little bit of that as we were going through, um, maybe because other people had tried in the past, maybe because we were two younger women in the industry. Um, I, I'm, we're both technically millennials. Like, I, I'm not sure, but there was definitely some like, didn't think you could do it while you actually did it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the patience piece of it is is um, a piece that you know is just kind of always keeping at it, and there was definitely like some strategic stuff as to getting everyone on board with the same project. Yeah, so I think you know in the Broadway community, everyone's used to working on their their own projects, and so to find something where everyone would be part of the same thing, you know, there is you know, we have, as you saw the playbill room, mm -hmm. um, and that's organized alphabetically by theater. And it's every show that's currently on Broadway that day when you walk through, um, and things are obviously opening and closing. And that's what I was doing. You know, like we are all constantly like having to add and change and, um, you know, um, the playbills mm -hmm. in that room, but that's very much like Switzerland, if you will, because every show, no matter you know, how big or small or long running or, you know, just opened, like everyone's the same. And it's kind of fun to see people's reaction in there. Cause they're like, Oh, I didn't realize there were 41 theaters or, Oh, that looks kind of cool. Cause they hang out in there before they start their experience in the map room. Um, so anyway, it's fun to see like people's reactions as they go through, but the, uh, the Switzerland piece of it, I guess is definitely part and what we were really making an effort to do along the way as we were creating it. I think um, Diane is not from the Broadway community. She's like, you know, a big fan of Broadway and would always come and buy tickets and go see shows and things um, and grew up like, you know, dancing and stuff. But um, she had a different perspective and I was like ingrained in it. So we could like talk through like, and I would say, well, this is what it is. And then we would like figure out like, little solutions, I guess, down to like, you know, so I don't know if that was 
don't think I'm answering your question quite perfectly. No, but that's perfect. no, it's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, I don't know, it's like hard work and just keeping everything moving forward yeah. and taking, mm. you know, some, some risks, I suppose, like as we're, as we're going and developing it. So of course, yeah. yeah. You know, there's so much available. There's costumes. We have these beautiful immersive like sets. There's the art installations. There's props, costumes. The model of Wicked backstage is so cool. Like there's so many wonderful things. How were the choices made as to which you were going to incorporate where? Like how did you make those choices? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um I don't know if you saw, but in the store downstairs in the gift shop on the top in like neon against sequins, because we like to have fun, obviously, with the um, design to make things fun and colorful. Um, it says we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of at the heart of especially the timeline as we go through, yeah. um, you know, had certain people not taken risks and tried new things and broken boundaries and barriers and all of these things along the way and been pioneers and trailblazed, we wouldn't have the art that we have today. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the history through that lens, um, you know, some things like certainly pop out and become kind of self-evident of, mm-hmm. you know, moments or shows or things that were groundbreaking. So that was part of the helping shape that story of, you know, what people would experience. And then that also helped to inform a bit of like what you see, um, the different exhibits along the timeline, um, those are some of the shows. They're not every show, but it's like some of the shows that help to um, transform the landscape of Broadway or bring in a mm-hmm. new audience or push the form forward. Um, so, yeah. So when you look at it that way, then then it helps to pare down like what you would actually show because we knew we had a limited amount of space also mm-hmm. to tell the story. We can't have every costume that's ever been on mm-hmm. Broadway. And then also a lot of them, you know, didn't make it or weren't preserved or got thrown out or, um, you know, that kind of thing too. So, and then a lot of costumes actually most like in recent, um, years, you know, there are different companies that will acquire costumes and then they'll rent them out. Um, so like Goodspeed musicals, they're one of our partners, um, and they have an incredible costume collection, the TDF costume collection, um, is another, the public did an amazing job of like um, you know, when a chorus line closed on Broadway, the original production, they took one of every costume from the line and put it in storage. They had the wow. foresight to do that. So what you're seeing when you walk through, those are those are those costumes from Amazing. back then. And just to see like up close, like the hand beating and yeah, it's very cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's so cool. And what was the story, Jocelyn? In the Follies room, there was costumes that they discovered in the, the new attic. Amsterdam yes right? or something like that and I was like this is incredible and and these are stories that without the wonderful staff working at the museum we might have not known as well we might have just been like oh those are gorgeous and then you get to hear the story there's so so much history in this museum and I'm just so thankful that we have something like this now to see mm-hmm. and have so much preserved that future generations can continue to go and discover. I think that's amazing. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Follies the Room, since you brought it up, it, it's fun. It's, um, 
you know, the artists that we have in that room are Sam and Ryan Rattel. They're like Amazing. most well known for dressing Billy Porter in all those like incredible, like oh, having wow. the brainchild behind those amazing costumes, <gasps> like outfits he wore to like the Met Ball and the thing, you know, and when he got up on the oh. chariot and all of that. So <laughs> um, they're friends of mine and they, they like, we're like, oh, we have to have, make it like super opulent and all the feathers and Swarovski and we have all these crystals and, um, you know, and then those costumes are so incredible. And, and it, someone said something like, you know, when you think of the Ziegfeld Follies, you always think in black and white because mm-hmm. those are the photos that we always see. Right. And so just to see how colorful and vibrant they are, I think is really cool too. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. I went to school for musical theater and we took this theater history class and Mm. it was my favorite class, but I bring it up because stepping in and walking through that timeline for the first half of the museum, it was literally like stepping into, you know, what that class was. And it was so amazing because it's just so vibrant. It's, it's living history. That's what it is. And it's, just so interactive and immersive. I love how like you have the little iPads in one room and I think it's showboat where you can scan mm. and everything comes up and oh it's just it is beautiful. The collection of course is wonderful. Do you have like a favorite room or a favorite piece that's on display or favorite part of the museum? Mm. It's a really good question. I think because it's Switzerland, right? Like right. I can't really have a favorite. <laughs> um, but um I, I know Diane's favorite, even though we're Switzerland, um, is um in the Phantom of the Opera. Mm. We have an artist from Germany come she literally created this crystal chandelier yeah. that um, each crystal represents a performance that Phantom has played on Broadway. And it looks from the front, just like a deconstructed chandelier. And then when you turn to the side, you see the mask come through and it's very cool. And then obviously we have the costumes and um, we have a, um, you know, it's like pages from like Hal Prince's like notated directorial scripts. Yeah. Like I, I think those kind of things yeah. are really cool. I like love them. But yeah, another that I think is unexpected just because these different exhibits are designed as, um, are by either Broadway scenic designers or by um, artists from kind of all over the world. Um, and the one, they're all around the shows, like I had mentioned before, but the one that's not is, um, you know, as you're walking through, it is a timeline. And so when you get to the 80s, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the AIDS epidemic hit the Broadway community really hard. And so we kind of pause to stop and reflect and remember all the people that were lost because had that not happened, the future would have looked so differently. Mm -hmm. And it took us a long time to figure out like how to visually represent that moment. Um, And I think, yeah, we're both really happy with like where it, it landed in the end. Um, So we ended up getting hot tea um, who's an artist to do this beautiful red ribbon installation. Mm-hmm. Um, Debbie Millman, who's this incredible like designer, she took um, many of the names of people who passed away of AIDS or AIDS-related illnesses in the theater community specifically, and then did this um, really like harrowing like treatment on the wall. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the wallpaper that's there with all those names. Those are all people that we lost. And so um, it's meant to help memorialize and remember and then mm-hmm. we've partnered with Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS and so a portion of each ticket goes back to them and we have on on display like their AIDS quilt from back then and 
um, you know, I think that room is really moving. Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. I remember walking in and I literally felt like my breath just hitch in my throat. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful memorial to that. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just to like, you know, a lot of people think that it was just then, but it continues today. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that that came through in the, in the messaging too. And I think that hits you pretty hard because mm. you think of, you know, at as one moment in time, but it's still ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have the, the wings um, that Kelsey Montague yes. did. She does like yeah. Taylor Swift's wings and things like she's, she's amazing. She's like um, all those street murals, but um she yes we have those wings and then it says the great work begins because it is ongoing and that's obviously from angels in america Mm -hmm. so anyway i I guess that one that one rises to the top for me today but again switzerland and everything (laughs) (laughs) totally totally (laughs) yeah it's a it's a loaded question because there's so many wonderful things in there for so many and everything is wonderful for a different reason, right? So it's it's a difficult question, but we had to ask it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully that, you know, is a little bit of like, there's a lot of different people who come through the museum of all different ages and different backgrounds and mm. things. So hopefully each person can kind of find something that they gravitate towards. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, especially I think people who go to a Broadway museum specifically, they're going because they connect to art and this is so led by art and how art can speak as well as all of, of course, the qualities of you'd expect in a museum. So the, you know, I think it's going to get an emotional reaction from people who are in there and just, I think it speaks so deeply. Like everything has something to say there, whether it's an art installation or a piece. And I could talk about it all day, but it's really, (laughs) really beautiful. I'm obsessed. Um, And I guess my last question for you, um, we'd like to know, since you have a little audience of listeners right now, what can visitors expect when they come to the Museum of Broadway? Mm. Um, I think that's a good question. Um, Well, I think expect to have fun, um, hopefully be inspired and then learn a little something along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And bonus question, when can we move in? <laughs> <laughs> no one's asked that. You guys are the first, so you're the top of the list. <laughs> well, we walked out and we were like, do you think we could live there? Maybe for we like a there? month. <laughs> it was such a highlight of our trip. And we're just so glad that we got to go and so grateful that this exists. So we've been telling pretty much anyone who will listen that they need to go and check it out. So I'm really, really glad we had you here today to really kind of show us, you know, what you've done and to really celebrate it because this is such, such a beautiful piece of, like I said, living history. You said things are like the map room changes, like the, sorry, the room with all the playbills changes. It's always going. Um, I know someone told me the deconstructed chandelier, it's going to have beads added because the closing date changed. Like it's something that's always going to evolve and have something new to showcase like the industry and just so freaking cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's the timeline just continues, right? Yeah. It's eight shows a week and, you know, continuing to grow and evolve and I'm really excited to see the art that comes out of 
COVID also, because yes, it's going to be really interesting to see like what was being written and dreamed up during that time. Right. Um, yeah. And then also just in the, the making of a Broadway show exhibit that David Rockwell designed, we mm-hmm. touch on that too much, but I, I think, um, you know, it, it's, most people think you have to be an actor and you really don't, you could do all these other jobs and still be part of Broadway in the community. And, um, and, and also the Broadway, you know, Broadway.com is our, um, partner in there. And, you know, they also own Broadway across America. Unlike, you know, you can see a show in your hometown too. Exactly. And all from Broadway too. And I think just even that, like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but, um, on the wall, the mural was all like hand, like sketches of, and it's the life cycle of a Broadway show. And yes. how it's so I love that and, one. And then, yeah. And Javier, who, to, who is the artist there, he's an incredible designer. Um, and you see like, it starts with an idea and then, you know, all the kind of steps to even before an audience has ever seen it on Broadway. And then from there, like, you know, it could tour and go to London and to Asia and Australia and yeah. obviously the cast album is recorded and a licensing deal is done. And then that's how one day you got to do it in your high school or regional mm. theater at home, you know, so kind of fun to see that full, full journey. I don't think a lot of people know a lot about that. So fun for to like, sure. Show yeah. Yeah. And we'll look, I think, backstage for somebody, if somebody has never, like, done a show or, like, you know, to kind of go, oh, my gosh, it is crazy back here, you know, so much goes on behind the scenes. And I think that's such a wonderful tribute to that. Um, It's it's really beautiful. I love, like, the wings and the little setup with, like, the stuff you see backstage. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And then there's all this interview content, too. We, um, Nolan Duran, um, and I, like, worked on, like, these videos right of Mm -hmm. um, these interviews with people who actually do those jobs and so you get to hear from them you know how they got their start and what inspires them and some advice they got along the way and um what their typical day looks like and you know he he recorded all like I think it's over 150 interviews and and so you know it's all just like pieces and excerpts that you can see in the Mm -hmm. museum because you know we only have so much time to show them, but but we hope to like find something to do with them to show them more because the the things that people, you know, everyone's been like very generous of spirit, I think, and like um talking about what they do and all of that. And it's really inspiring for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Julie, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I know we both have been talking about going back, so we're very excited <laughs> to do that soon. And um, yeah, yeah, we really look forward to that. Amazing. Well, I look forward when you're back in town, look forward to seeing you there and mm-hmm. on like social. I think I've seen your your posts that you've done too. So. Oh, great. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank so you again. Thank yeah, you. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, Julie. Thank you.